0: Good evening, and welcome to Yada Yada Radio. We're here with uh, Kirk and uh, Dee. I want to begin tonight's show by talking about uh, the greatest blunder um, in the uh, modern history of humanity um, and the the very decision that will uh, lead to the end of the world as we know it. Uh, in, to say this really uh, takes a a lot because you know mm-hmm. in uh, World War One uh, we had to deliberately have the uh, sail the Lusitania right into a, uh, a the path of a German U boat and uh, and pull all the German ads saying you know they're using it to carry war materials uh, to justify getting into a war where it was fought with with uh, deadly chemicals in the mud and a trench warfare, and that the only justification for us getting involved was that uh, we had a banker that was going to go bankrupt j P Morgan if we uh, uh, didn 't engage uh, one of the great tragedies of uh, and mis- miscalculations of all time was the united states uh, Having the Lusitania sunk to justify going to war, doing so deliberately, purposefully, and you would you would rank that up there as uh, as about as big a mistake as you could have. That was supposed to be the ultimate war, the war to end all wars, and and then we start um, engaging with the Japanese in, in World War II in a manner that is was just asinine, and uh, all but said, uh, "I'm going to paint a target." on my, uh, my Pacific fleet, uh, and say, uh, come attack it. Uh, I'll even ignore my radar and, uh, and, uh, we'll go out and play golf, uh, that morning. And, and you can have Adam, uh, to justify getting involved in world war II. And, and then once we decided to get involved, we had uh, Nimitz make easily the dumbest, uh, call in the history of, uh, of naval warfare, and uh, uh, when he made the decision when we had far too few ships, surviving ships, the Battle of the Coral Sea, to uh, to engage the Japanese head-on, and it was strictly a matter of dumb luck. If you were to play that same scenario out a 100 times, America would lose 99 of the 100 times. Uh, wow. It should have been the end of the war. Uh, and we would have lost. Uh, but the greatest tragedy, of course, was uh, uh, was the miscalculation on uh, Pearl Harbor occurred in December of 1941. We didn't uh, invade uh, Europe until June of 44. During that time, um, what, uh, nearly six million Jews were murdered, many young children um, another five, six million uh, gypsies and other uh, innocent people, all while we dilly-dallied in, uh, in the UK so we could charge up the, uh, the cliffs of the most defended region of, uh, of France as opposed to going into Europe through Greece who would have been vastly more supportive than the French and immediately cutting off the Russian uh, oil supply and dividing, driving a wedge between the Soviets and the Western European countries. One of the great miscalculations of all time. And then you come to the Korean War, where we aided and abetted um, Mao Zedong over Chiang Shanghai shek uh, and uh, and then decided we would uh, engage in a war against North Korea, against, well, there was a the North and a South, but against the, the communist Koreans. And we got our clock cleaned by the very Chinese that we had uh, aided and abetted. One of the great miscalculations of all time. Then... We lied deliberately, knowingly, to the American people on the Gulf of Tonkin incident, which never occurred. We knew it never occurred. McNamara knew it never occurred. Johnson knew it never occurred. And yet he lied to the U.S. Congress to get a justification for a donned war, a uh, conflict, but not a declaration of war, against the uh, North Vietnamese for an act that they didn't commit and we would lose almost 60,000 men and women, making a bad situation worse. Uh, All the while selling the Soviets technology that they used to bring down American aircraft. One of the great miscalculations of all time. And that brings us to the idiocy of 9-11 where we uh, invaded two countries that had nothing to do with the 9-11. The plot to perpetrate 9-11 was conceived in the Philippines. Uh, the man, Ramzi Yusuf, that came up with the plot was already in U.S. custody in a maximum security prison for his first attempt to bring down the World Trade Center. There was no involvement by a single Afghani in that war. And if we want to blame al-Qaeda, then the CIA was responsible for al-Qaeda. We are the ones that rented the Taliban from the Pakistanis, uh, giving the Pakistanis a green light to finish their nuclear arsenal, while arming that military junta, all for the right to rent the Taliban which then we armed with American weapons to shoot down the Russian uh, Air Force. One of the great miscalculations of all time because it led to the Taliban and, uh, and um, the base that uh, Osama bin Laden created of jihadists saying, hey, we brought down uh, the, uh, the Russians, the second largest military on earth, when Saddam Hussein invaded Kuwait and was headed to Saudi Arabia, which would have been better for us because he was secular and they were sponsoring the very kind of terrorism we experience in America. Uh, George Bush the I said, oh, no, let us go and whip his ass. pissed him off. 9-11 is the result. And so we invaded Afghanistan where there wasn't a single Afghani that had anything to do with it. Wow. A million people died. Look what happened to that country. We stayed there for 10 years making a bad situation worse. And look what has happened to that country. We yep. destroyed our reputation even in the way we left it. And it was inevitable. Before we even invaded That was the only possible conclusion. And then we invaded Iraq, led to the deaths of another million people, losing over 10,000 American souls, squandering $4 trillion, all making a bad situation worse because we gave Iraq to Iran and set up the next world war. Hard to imagine a bigger miscalculation. I had thought that that would have been the the miscalculation that brought on the time of Jakob's troubles and brought the world to its knees. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's a major contributor because millions of Muslims have migrated to Europe and changed the political and religious and cultural mindset of Europe so that it is grotesquely anti-Semitic. And so it has had a profound effect, and it has caused great disturbance in the Islamic uh, world, including putting Iran on the precipice of having nuclear weapons. Speaking of nuclear weapons, and I mentioned Pakistan a moment ago, in one of the great miscalculations of all time, because America needed to rent the Taliban to uh, prosecute its war, uh, first against the Russians, and then against the Taliban that we had equipped uh, in the Afghani invasion, I had long come to the conclusion and announced it on this program, that there is no way that the Pakistanis had the wherewithal to fund the development of nuclear weapons. Zero. And that the only country that could afford such a project in the Islamic world was Saudi Arabia. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: so without any intelligence evidence, just putting the facts together and saying, since they have a nuclear arsenal and they could not afford to develop one, There was a quid pro quo between Saudi Arabia and Pakistan whereby the Saudi Arabians were given nuclear bombs for funding some 80 to 90 percent of the development of that program in Pakistan. The other day I was reading a Seymour Hersh article where uh, Seymour Hersh uh, was, as he usually is, about (coughs) 70 percent on the money. Uh, talking about Musharraf, how he played Obama for a fool and the uh, the development of his nuclear arsenal. And I looked at the CIA and intelligence reports, and they confirm exactly what I told you, that between 80 and 90 percent of the Pakistani program was funded by the Saudi Arabians. There was a direct quid pro quo that the uh, Saudis were given, a minimum of six nuclear bombs and as many more as they want. one of the great miscalculations of all time. I knew this was the case when Saudi Arabia, after America had spent $5 billion restoring their Navy base and Air Force bases, Saudi Arabia had to move it to Qatar. But we don't like the truth to be known in America. Matter of fact, we go after those who reveal the secrets of America as if they were traitors but one of the greatest miscalculations of all time. But all of that pales by the miscalculation of the Ukrainian war, a proxy war against Russia. It is inevitable now that it will lead to a nuclear confrontation. The United States is going to continue to up the ante until we are at direct war with Russia. We recently saw to it that The Ukrainians were given long-range cruise missiles. They can deliver them into Moscow. What happens when they do? We have not only given uh, the Ukrainians enormous numbers of F-16s, we're training the pilots. Quite recently, we gave the Ukrainians the Patriot missile system, which they're not operating. American special forces are operating it. And we shot down a Russian bomber. How long do you think it will be before Putin says enough with this crap? If America wants to go to war with us and they want to continue to kill Russians, how long before he retaliates and starts killing Americans? No. And not only that... We've squandered our, uh, our military resources uh, in funding the, uh, this bloodbath in the Ukraine. We brought it on by uh, insisting that Ukraine not only become part of NATO, but that we could arm it to the teeth. And then we brought all manner of sanctions on the Russians and played propaganda games against the, uh, the Russians uh, and crippled the U.S. economy in the process bankrupting the country. It's hard to imagine a greater miscalculation than that. And it is the one that will bring down America in terms of its international credibility, in terms of its reserve currency status, in terms of its economy, uh, in terms of its military. It all fails because of this, and we bring the world into the Third World War. So I just want our listeners to know that it is the stupidity of the United States of America that is the cause of all of this. And for anyone that thinks, well, you know, he must love Saddam Hussein, he must love uh, Putin to uh, say such uh, such things. He must be a a, uh, a sympathizer of Saddam Hussein or of. Uh, the Taliban, or of Stalin, or Adolf Hitler. Yeah, I'm Pardon here to tell you, or even the uh, Muslims in Saudi Arabia. Uh, there is no one that knows and has been more effective in condemning Islam in Saudi Arabia than myself. No one. Right. Nor have they had more death threats for having done so, even having the Saudi government put a fatwa out on my life. Right. I don't like Putin, but I will tell you he is less despicable than are the leaders of the Republican and Democratic Party in the United States. We have done this to ourselves. We should be ashamed, and yet we're so wrapped up in the flag and patriotism that we can't see two inches before our nose and it is repulsive, that not only have we done this, that we want to blame everybody but ourselves for the mess that we have created. Now, while I say that is the greatest blunder in modern human history, there is a far greater blunder, and it is both by uh, Yehudim, Jews, and by the Christian church, therefore Peter and Paul, Mark and Matthew, of course Luke. Going back 3,000 years ago, Dode, um, who the world thinks is named David, there's no V in the Hebrew alphabet, and 90% 90% no, of the time it. that his name is yeah. written and 100% of the time that his name is written within uh, uh, five, six, seven generations of his life. Uh, his name is written DWD. It's it's from the Hebrew word uh, to love and be loved. Dote. Dote is the end all and be all. He is everything that that Yahweh could possibly want ascribed to a human being. He is the chosen one. He is the firstborn. He is the Messiah. He is the king. He is the shepherd. He is the Passover lamb. He is the most set apart. And in Mismore 89, which we will begin probably uh, next week, Yahweh inspired a psalmist, four years after his, uh, the passing and his uh, first of three lives to call him Elion, which is used throughout the Torah to speak of Almighty God. He is our Savior. He is the most articulate of all prophets. God's most capable and courageous man. And so what happened even though all of this was announced. I mean, it is in your face. Here, we're reading uh, the 22nd Mismore, where Doe, in first person, describes every aspect of what it was like to suffer personally as the Passover lamb, and then carry the guilt of his people into Sheol to deposit it there to perfect the covenant's family. All of it there for us to read where God is saying, he is my son, I am his father. He is our savior. And so what happened? A couple of bumbling fools, Peter, uh, you can throw in a couple of more, Luke, uh, Mark, came up with this lame brain scheme that there was a person named Jesus Christ and that this Jesus Christ fellow, he was actually the Son of God, not Do David. No. That he was actually the Messiah. Not Do David. That he was the King of Kings. Not Do David. And that somehow those dastardly Jews killed him. But Twinkletoes came back to life. <laughs> And that became their religion. And you had ignorant Gentiles, both Greeks and Romans, lap this stuff up as they were talking about the Dionysus 2.0. Yeah. Odysseus 3.0. Nothing but myth and lies and misappropriations, all built off of the idea of robbing Dode, from Dode, everything God said about him and did through him. Nothing more to it than that. There isn't a single prophecy that speaks of a Jesus or of a Christ, not one. And every prophecy that speaks of the fulfillment of the Moed Mikre and of a returning Messiah or King, Dode is always named in them. It's obvious. And so this myth that Peter and Paul and and Mark conceived, propagated, began to take root and grow. That's how stupid people are, how desperate they are to believe lies, that life will be better. It was the ultimate conspiracy. Your life is miserable now. Ah, but it'll be better. Just pay us what we're due. Submit to us. Carry your cross. Suffer. It'll all be better someday. The ultimate conspiracy. But as it grew, a fellow named Akiba, who was a conniving bastard, uh, who lost, I think it was 25,000 of his disciples and then blamed them for their own deaths. He's the fellow that said, oh, yeah, yeah, we, 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 we clearly screwed up on on year 4000 yeah the obel year with a messiah but i got one for us mm. we're we're going to deny Dode is the messiah even though the prophets speak vociferously of him both as the passover lamb and as the messiah and of his return and dodd by the title of of gabriel god's most capable and courageous man, actually revealed through Daniel exactly the day that he would come into his city, Jerusalem, as the Messiah, and be cut off, but not for himself. The exact day! But now is 33 CE, year 4,000, yah. And yet this bumbling idiot named Akiba couldn't have any of that because, well, those Christians were making a mockery of it, so he came up with the son of a star, bar as his Messiah, a false Messiah, brought the wrath of Rome upon Judea, caused the land to be renamed, had thousands of Jews crucified, caused the diaspora, Led directly to the Holocaust, and that became the father of Judaism. Oh yeah, good job, nice, nice thinking, boys. You should be so well proud done. of yourselves. And so, Judaism was actually created for the express purpose of trying to come up with a workaround to control Jews who were being influenced by the mythos of Christianity. Both religions predicated on different ways of interpreting a series of lies, all depriving God's Son and our Messiah of his due. So we're continuing. We will complete, hopefully, in this program our review of the 22nd Mismore. We may not, uh, because Kirk did send me 400 pages of, uh, of, uh, of artistic scribbles. of uh, artistic explain, explain this next passage, and I'm going to read to you, and then let uh, Kirk uh, go, uh, because we're going to stay with Kirk until he either runs out of material or out of breath, whichever uh, happens uh, first. Mm. But it is always interesting. When uh, the artist uh, looks at the uh, the historic and uh, and uh, art that uh, is part of the uh, the letters and nomenclature of these uh, passages, uh, of course I love Kirk, so I'm I'm saying this in uh, in support of my friend. But if you can't if we can't laugh now and then, what's the what's the purpose of it? Oh, yes. Okay, so this yeah. is Bismarck Song twenty two twenty six. Uh, Mm -hmm. Begins, Dear Kirk, please interpret this for us. The unpretentious and straightforward who respond shall be continually nourished, and they shall be satisfied with overwhelming provisions. Those who seek him, inquiring about and accounting for him, will continually radiate Yahweh's brilliant and clear light. Your essential persona and good judgment will live forever based upon this restoring witness. Well, if this restoring witness is responsible for and capable of causing you to be restored and to live forever, it has to be focused on something really important this whole thing has been about Dode serving as the Pesach And that realization is enough for you to live forevermore. And when it says those who seek him and acquire about him, I wrote this with a capital H giving the nod to Yahweh.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: However, it could just as be <laughs> easily be read... Those who mm-hmm. seek him as endowed, inquiring about him will continually radiate was brilliant and clear light. But the approach to all of this begins with being unpretentious, being straightforward, being responsive. And when you are, you'll be nourished, genuinely satisfied with overwhelming provisions. Some great words in this, a akal. Mm-hmm. Saba, Darash, Halal, uh Labab and Chaya laad. Really? Some uh some um stout material to work with, my friend. So what did you come up with?
2: Well, uh I um I looked at this verse and I kept This is something that goes on since... Well, let's see. Let me just back up. I've been doing this for 15 and a half, almost 16 years now. And I've been doing it pretty much the same way. I've gotten a little bit smarter, I hope. Uh, I'm pretty sure I have. (laughs) I I look at it through all these different lexicons. Uh, You gave a list from the start. I bought them. Most of them in hardcover, but I have about eight or nine on the uh, computer, something I didn't use when I started. And I also... You're illiterate. uh, Barely. Yes. It's
0: hard to create but, perspective uh, and uh, and co- the kind of coloration and and drama that you can with your your uh, pencil pen and uh, and brushes on a computer. So I understand why you would uh, you would want to stay analog. <laughs> I do. I'm, I'm an analog guy, well, so I, I'm with you on this.
2: Well, I take <laughs> notes. You know, I listen to when I used to when, before I called in the show the first time. I would write notes on what you were saying, all in the column. Uh, we would print out the. Uh, the uh, material with large columns on the side and I would uh, write all the things out to the side. The questions I had or this or that and sometimes I'd even illustrate them for whatever reason I just, that's why I went through college taking notes so I could look at the pictures and figure out what I was talking about, what they were talking about at the time. So it's become a lifetime habit. Mm-hmm. But in any case, uh, here's what confused me and been so difficult for me in the sense of trying to understand human beings. I, I just, um, as being one, I thought I knew them but I'm not sure I do. The King James. The King James on this verse. I just analyzed 22:26. That was all. The King James and all the later copyists state this verse in this way. They say, the meek shall eat and be satisfied. The meek. Okay, those who seek him shall praise the Lord. P-T-L. <laughs> Let you live forever. <laughs> okay, well, this is... Uh, and this... Now all of them are this way. I looked up thirty of them. I mean English translations. They all they they waver very little. They um, then there's followed by. If you'd like to look on most of these uh, sites, you'll uh, you'll find that uh, they're followed by a mountain of commentary proclaiming the Eucharist meal and the role played by the Lord Jesus Christ. And I said, okay, well, is it anything in that is worth having? No. No. So then I looked and said, well, surely the Jewish Public Location Society, the GPS, and their Tanakh, they would offer something that's uh, better perhaps. Here's what they wrote. From thee cometh my praise in the great congregation. Hmm. <laughs> I will Where pay you my vows any... before... Where do you get any of that? You you don't. That's that's uh, I, Well, here's what I said. I, I, I will pay my vows before them that fear him, capital H-I-M, I I said, I don't know what these people are smoking. How do you get that in anything? The whole point is to take the words from, if you have them, the Dead Sea Scrolls or at least the oldest representations we have and Mm -hmm. translate them correctly. And Hebrew has shadings of positive and negative. It has shadings of all different types uh they're they the supported by the verb there,
0: and it's a verb yeah. and and it mm-hmm. does not mean meek no uh no it just doesn't it ana is the uh, you know it's a and aw of this it uh, uh mm-hmm. ana is one of the probably 20 most common verbs and uh, mm-hmm. the, the Torah, Prophets, and Psalms. It, yes. If you wanted a word that was easy for you to look up and verify, you know, right. start with anah. I mean, uh, haya is probably uh, mentioned more often, but uh, you know, shub is right up there. Uh, but anah is is easily in the top twenty most common verbs. It it is not difficult to. Uh, to translate.
2: Right. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's, uh, and I encourage you to do this. Those, the listeners never done this. It doesn't require, it requires some time. It requires some effort. Yes, it does. Uh, you have to think. You have to think. Yep. I mean, I've I spent a lot of hours at this. You write volumes in days and I write a sentence. <laughs> but
0: but, yeah. but still, yeah. In fact, I see sentence. here that your next this, note says that, uh, let's, um, uh, uh, that I guess is probably a Strong's number sixty-five H sixty-five thirty-five. Yeah, I give them all the A N A N A V. So where did they get the V yeah. out of the twenty-two letters in the Hebrew lexicon?
2: Well, it's supposed to be a W the going there, but it's not. Uh, <laughs> they put a V. It's written as a W no in B the text. In Hebrew. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know that.
0: And, and by the way, and I right saw notes. that, and I wrote it. with the V sound because. They'll turn the y into a v, or the uh, BF, the the uh, um, mm-hmm. uh, the b. They'll turn that they into it, a v too. too. So, like I call it yeah. Rabbi Akiva
1: uh, because
0: that's the way it's written. But they'll say, no, it's Rabbi Akiva. Well, how do you yeah. get the v okay. out of a b? Uh,
2: uh, well, yeah. Well, Well, as long as you don't have to answer, it's okay. <laughs> anyway, I, I I look at them i did my little thing here and i try to do it independently of what you said i just look up the hebrew words in italics and then i go to a lexicon and then i go to an interlinary and then i find them they're usually in different different arrangements but regardless i find them um and i came up with this character this uh is the characteristics of being straightforward and possessing humility I also found one who watches over something and or someone that is very important, like a family of, like the family of Israel in the Torah, and also responds, answers, the call, and this is found in the word root, which is nun is what that means, and then you also can be, uh, it can also can be a negative thing, it can be afflicted. But it's also yeah. a verb for testify. So I write you know, all those down, and that's where they, get, say, where oh, they oh.
0: get the humiliation thing. Is because uh, the verb anah has a dark and light side, uh, mm-hmm. and yes. about ten percent of the time, or maybe a little less, five to ten percent of the time that anah a appears in the text, uh, it's its dark side that applies, which is to afflict, to humble, to abase, mm-hmm. uh, to degrade, yes. uh, these kinds of things. So. If the context demands the rare, degrading, humiliating rendering of anah, then fine. But if it is speaking of being satisfied, it cannot be the degrading rendering of anah. You're not going to say, you know, I was beat to crap, I was, uh, I was abused, uh, I was afflicted, and that was enormously satisfying for me. Yeah, and it's
2: just, it's just oh. the same thing with Kapuram. I mean, they, when they change it there, you know, it's, yes. it's just it's, so, it's, it's right. ridiculous. So it literally
0: means to reply, to respond, to answer, to sing, to be focused on, to report. That's what Anami means. And so mm-hmm. uh, A-N-A-W, the Wa, uh, which is a variation of it, has to carry the meaning of the verbal root.
1: Right.
2: Now just to proceed on, um, the next major word in here is uh, when we say it shall be continuously nourished, you have a call. And a call is a verb, and it means to be nourished, to be fed, to be satisfied, and to even to the extent of being overwhelmed and excessive. Now, I, as I'm writing these things down and in, in choosing which ones and which ones to eliminate, if so, I'm thinking about, here's Dode going through all of this, but he's turned the corner because you, you stated in this that the, there are five things that pertain to this passage, to this verse. It's the answer, you said. It's the prom, promise. It's the purpose. It's the means and the reward.
1: Right. And, we're in and the how reward Pisa section out, now.
2: Yeah. So, so you can't go back. He's already turned the corner. Uh, right. This is the good part of uh, twenty-two. So in- indeed, so you can't all of a sudden just change because you don't like it. Uh, this is uh, you got to go where the words lead, and this is where the words are going to lead. So a call uh, is uh, to nourish, feed, satisfy, and even to the extent of being overwhelming and excessive. Okay. That's uh that's a that is that is what we are looking forward to. These all of these Correct. things, but I'm thinking of it more in terms of it's not being fed, we're not talking about feeding people here. Uh hunger. Uh no. we're talking about feeding our souls, feeding our nutrition right. It's the nutrition yes. that you get from uh words of Yahweh. The, right. You get the truth, you set you're set free. Uh my goodness, you 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 everything you could ever have dreamed of, eternal life and so forth is all embellished in all of these right. things. So uh so you go go there. Yeah, the uh, menu here is
0: the word yes. the menu here is god's mm-hmm. words the torah prophets and psalms not uh chicken and uh and uh lamb and beef
2: yeah, Chicken and mashed potatoes here yeah, and the beef. Yeah, okay. yes yeah but if you need further further uh anything further on this you each one of these words have a root usually it's a two letter sometimes a three letter root uh but which, which is uh uh k Lamb, the coffin of lamb, which means to complete or completing if it's in the imperfect, the literal, the literal ongoing, uh, which, by the way, it is an imperfect. So you look up the, uh, the uh, uh, grammar and you say, oh, well, well that solves that. So I mean, I'm on good, steady soil here. And yes. then it finishes the rest of it is wasabah. And of course Saba means with all the with all your needs met. So the, the run on the whole sentence is that. So I also look at uh, something that's great fun for me is the pictographs. So from pictographically you've got a wa, I mean you've got a uh S-H sound, the um Shemek words that uh, lead ones to lead to Yahweh's home, which is the BS and to a proper perspective which is the ain or the I the picture of the eye. So we're on pretty solid ground there once again. So that's the way I go. After a while, after a while doing this, you, uh, I really never had any problem saying, well, this is exactly what it means. I have great confidence in that. I don't have to hope I'm right. I don't have to uh, believe. Right. It's and the nice thing here saying, is
0: that it's, uh, it's so descriptive because uh, while uh, uh, anah is a noun, it's uh, directly mm-hmm. based on the verb ana, and then both mm-hmm. a call and sabah are verbs. So it's yes. a very actionable statement. You know, the mm-hmm. unpretentious and straightforward. Who respond? Those who reply can be continually nourished and genuinely satisfied with overwhelming provisions. Uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Very yes. very straightforward. It's, it's, it's very hard to mess that up. You know, as translations yeah. go, <laughs> that's an easy one.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, then you then you went on to say, uh, and we just read a minute ago, those who seek him, inquire about him, accounting for him will. Uh, that comes from DeRash, uh, and it means, obviously, those who inquire, well, those who search, those who carefully inquire, surely inquire, in order to learn from him, and in this case, from the Torah, uh, from the witness. Whether it be the physical witness or whether what he wrote down is the witness, the word and, and Yahweh are the same. The word and do are the same. Uh, and then is uh, and who, of course, is him. But also, if you need further, Darash also defines the observant, the firstborn children. I think it's interesting. His firstborn who seek out the word, uh, the Torah and the Yahweh. We seek out that which is being witnessed. It is witnessed, and, uh, and that's we're witnessing. We've just witnessed doad's sacrifice, and now we're understanding what it, what it does. It fulfills the answer, the promise, the purpose, the means, uh, and the reward. Can I interrupt for a second, Kirk? Uh, certainly. Sure, sure.
3: Yeah, so Craig wrote in uh, Debarim Hayomim, 2 uh, Chronicles 30, 18 through 19. He covered Darash, and that was... One of my favorites, Molly sent it to me, and uh, it's seek to find out about the relationship through the process of diligently studying the written account, continually reading Mm -hmm. it while consulting with and looking for Yahweh. And it's just so beautiful. I I just had to throw that in there. It's just such Mm -hmm. a beautiful word. And you couldn't do that.
1: Particularly when it it follows, the
0: unpretentious and straightforward who respond will be continually Mm -hmm. nourished and will be genuinely yeah. satisfied with ongoing provisions. And then this is the mm-hmm. next statement. The next statement begins mm-hmm. with Jarosh. I mean, those who yeah. seek him, inquiring about him, who read the written accounts about him, uh, who learn from him. I mm-hmm. mean, what a wonderful transition between the uh, mm-hmm. the two statements. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what Dode yeah, is saying here, yeah. in essence, is that um, once he had fulfilled the torturous experience of being the Pesachael because of what the Romans did to him, they were beasts, um, and then endured the hellish conditions of actually going to Sheol, carrying our guilt with us uh, with him on matzah and depositing it there, and then the celebration of being released and serving as Yahweh's firstborn, on Bokodam well, firstborn children that returning now to Shemaim heaven is this glorious experience. I mean, Mm -hmm. he has done the greatest thing, the most magnanimous, the most courageous, the most brilliant act in human history, and he is the son of God, and he is returning home having done it. Imagine the welcome. And it's Mm -hmm. just exuberant, and everyone is celebrating at this moment. And what Dode is saying to us is, come join us. I'm giving you yeah. a, 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 my hand out as a welcome. You can join us by being straightforward and responsive, being nourished by what we have done. Right. You'll be genuinely satisfied, particularly if you, Darash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In this context, it is... It is stunning that our Savior, Dode, Son of God, the Messiah, would take a moment out from his celebration and say, I did this for you. Come, join us.
2: You're mm. welcome.
0: Right. This is how. It's absolutely beautiful. And what is the result of us uh, of darashing?
2: Well, you continuously, you wrote, you continuously radiate Yahweh's brilliant and clear light. So I, to confirm that, we lu uh, which is uh, halal, uh, is, the, uh, is a verb and is defined as to shine Yahweh's light. The, it's in the imperfect, ongoing, uh, to shine through one's actions and words, perhaps the uh, shining beacon I wrote myself. And then I said, so I said, well, let me look up Beacon, and I thought it was kind of interesting. Little note here: say Webster defines the beacon as a signal, a fire, a lighthouse, a yachting device. This is interesting: a radio transmitter that signals a warning and/or guide for safe travel. You make that up, that's Webster. I, I thought, well, that's what we do every
1: Friday. This is pretty cool. Yeah.
2: And it comes so. I, so I'm gonna keep that in my translation. It comes from uh, <laughs> the Middle English beacon. Uh, a sign, a standard, and an upright pole like the tall, the
0: post along the way.
2: So we're confirming stuff, and you get to find out, and you get, to, you get better at even English, which is good for a know, Southern boy.
0: Almost all Hebrew words have a dark and light side. Uh, and yes. this is really done to show the contrast because we have choices, and our choices mm-hmm. have positive or negative consequences. Halal is one of those mm-hmm. words. And the dark side of Halal is to boast, to be uh, uh, absorbed by self, to uh, have a unwarranted um, value placed on one's own uh, ability or contribution. Uh, It's why Hasatan was called Halal Ben Shakar, boastful, uh, arrogant, Mm -hmm. conceited. And so it's praise of oneself that is the negative connotation of halal. So when halal is translated as praised, it's from the dark or negative side of the word. This is an exceedingly positive situation. So it's just like anah in the first statement. The dark side is used 10% of the time. Shining, light, brilliant beacon is used 90% of the time. You only go to the dark side when you can't use it in a positive sense, and this is the most positive situation uh, possible. Yahweh is not arrogant. So if it's halal associated with Yahweh, it has to be the positive side, which is light, not the negative side, which is praise. Now, beyond that, a superior being that would create an inferior being to praise him has a serious serious personality problem. <sighs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we call such people narcissists. They are usually <laughs> psychopaths. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. uh, a, a a anyone who would have an inferior person tell them they're wonderful is uh, has a serious serious personality disorder. So this whole notion of praising God and of worshiping God is so derogatory and demeaning to Yahweh that it's amazing that that quasi-intelligent people have warped this into their religion because it is disgusting. We Hmm. ought not praise God. We ought not worship God. We ought to get to know him, learn from him, benefit from him, enjoy his company. But do so in a father-daughter, father-son kind of relationship, as one of his children. Now, yes. if you're a child and you want to say, "Hey, uh, Dad, Mom, I think you're great. I love you. Uh, you've given me so much. I've learned so much from you. Uh, you've set such a wonderful example." Uh, that kind of comment it, that is that's just thank fun. you. Yeah, yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. appreciation. For what you've done, mm-hmm. Doe does that all the time. In fact, Yao and Doe yeah. have a mutual appreciation society going, uh, as yeah. they should, as they should. Yeah, and
2: quite that's evident, just because, fine.
0: Know. But praise in the sense of uh, you know you're, oh, you're crazy,
2: the uh, you're the greatest oh, of yeah. all
0: the dads. Oh, let me get down on my knees and lift you up with uh, with accolades. Oh, uh, oh, dad of dads. No, good God. Can you imagine a. A two-year-old—that's their first words. Oh, Dad, I praise Thee. Oh, Mom, I worship Thee.
2: <laughs> no. Must be a Baptist child.
0: <laughs> Good <That's> grief. Funny. <sighs> okay, so uh, we're, we're uh, then, then, we we, then, we know then for gold certain gold. that if you want to mm-hmm. uh, uh, to inquire about Yahweh. And also, yeah. Dode, father and son, and account properly for father and son, whether it's Dode or Yahweh, that those who do will, uh, will eventually end up radiating Yahweh's. Hmm. Pretty good. Pretty good second statement.
2: Three yeah. statements. Yeah. Are part of this.
0: that's a good one too. That
2: sounds. It's something I want. Yeah. So, uh, right. Your, then, next line uh, was your essential. We'll break it in half. Your essential. Persona and good judgment. That's from uh, Labab. Labab atah, which uh, easy atta is, is your. But the Labab is your inner being, your inner mind, your heart, your soul, uh, the essence of you. That's the part that is salvageable. Uh, your body is never going to live forever anyway, so that's ridiculous. And I don't, certainly don't want to return one.
1: Uh,
2: and it comes from a, the verb with the same spelling, uh, which is to be wise, to make good judgments, to think, to understand, to have courage—by the way—and to respond as a witness. And I think uh, that's um, this that we, that has been repeated over and over and over and over uh, throughout yada yada and all the various books that you you have written. And it's, uh, it holds up all the time. But what a wonderful. Um, <laughs> Uh, just uh, that's the goal: is to use good judgment. We've always said it's better to understand. Is knowing is white great, but if you don't understand, uh, then uh, the end, then you're in trouble. I mean, this uh, has no value, and you have to grasp it.
0: And we have and to be really careful because there's and, yeah. there's a cultural baggage that is not readily uh, understood uh, unless uh, you use the phrase "take it to heart." Take it to heart would mean mm-hmm. that. You would be thinking about it, accept it as true, and act upon the truth that you have incorporated into your thought process would be take it to heart, which is a legacy of the original meaning of leb, heart. Heart in mm-hmm. the uh, ancient world was not the seat of emotions. You know, Today, uh, it's always thought of as emotions with the exception of the phrase that I just uh, shared with you. In the ancient world, yeah. the liver... Uh, was the yeah, seat of emotions, and the heart yeah. was the seat of judgment. So, if you were motivated to do something based upon sound thinking, based upon exercising good judgment, then it is something that you had taken to heart and were going to now respond in, in a thoughtful and judgmental way. So, uh, leb, uh, the root of this, uh, does speak of of thinking, of uh, of judgment. Of your inclinations and your motivations, based upon uh, what you have uh, considered and accepted as true.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And then to finish off this uh, wonderful line, uh, "We'll live," you wrote, will live forever based upon the restoring witness." Uh, kaya, uh, which has haya in it, uh, is uh, to live. It is life, as um, Yahweh protects life, uh, which in the, I'm sorry, in the letters, you have a uh, jet and a uh, yad and a hay, Is feminine, of course, and with the hay at the end, and Yahweh, it would stand for Yahweh protects life, he helps his children, the his, his, uh, fence is protecting, the hand is Yahweh's, uh, symbolic of Yahweh, his first letter in his name. Uh, lifting up a child is, now the child has become an adult in the sense that it's matured, it's walking, it's upright, it's even got his hands uh, in a upright position in awe of Yahweh. This is the ultimate thing we'd like to be. Uh, and od um, is the word, and is the sentence rather, and the A-D, the uh, A-Yin and the Delete. It means perpetuity, externally, continuously. And I wrote down, uh, there's a related word, ed, edah, where you add a hey at the end of it, um, which, is a, uh, which means testimony and witness. Actually, um, you don't even need the, uh,
0: the, the feminine ending of it. Uh, just the same two letters vocalized as uh, ed mm-hmm. as opposed to odd, same, same exact yeah. writing in the text means witness mm-hmm. uh, and testimony. And if you look up both odd and ed written exactly ed. the same way, you, you ultimately get restoring testimony uh, and eternal witness or eternal testimony yeah. and restoring witness. Very um, powerful I concept yes, in, uh, I in done Hebrew. That. Exactly. Yes.
2: Yeah. Uh, it is the uh, I wrote down my little notes. It's the feminine noun brought to you by Yah via the Kodesh. I always connect mm-hmm. these little dots, and it's in the jussive, which conveys the desire of the speaker. It is Yahweh's desire that we do this, that we become engaged and uh, and witness. That's what this program is all about. Um, on the first page, as uh, when we started, I shared the, uh, the ridiculous translations. Via those uh, uh, by those um, uh, religions, Uh, and uh, they're not the words expressed by the real Savior we have. These are the thing that I have so much trouble with. Is uh, I feel sometimes like I want to scream out to the Yehudim and the Israel and all any rational person uh, in the world, going or otherwise, uh, uh, to throw this religious crap away is so easy. Do you, you, you remember when um, you first, because um, I, I got the first shot at uh, um, Habachuk, uh, mm-hmm. when you translated that and you started writing Question and Paul, and I still had a lot of old hang-up baggage of Christianity. I walked away very quickly, but it still uh, is part of your,
0: mm-hmm. you know, it
2: swims all over you.
0: Yeah, and, how could you carry and, uh, around uh, Chaba and your uh, and your bibble? as a uh, a Christian or as a Jew and not know that Shaul, Paul was the plague of death. Mm -hmm. And it says Shaul, his soul is the plague of death. And then it describes when he's going to appear, what he was going to say, uh, who he was going to be. It it explains every nuance of his life. And then it calls him out by name and says, he's the plague of death. (laughs) You're a religious Jew, and uh, and when Paul writes this trash about his Jesus Christ, you're not smart enough to pull this out and say, wait, "Where was yeah, the well, priest?" Warned us about this guy, right? Well, yeah. And you're you're Where was the guy and you are you are you can read it and uh, and say, oh, wait. no wonder he t- changed his name from Shaul to uh, to Paul." Look what to this Paul. says. <laughs>
2: But how ironic, though! that Paul is lowly and little in, his, in Italian, so I mean in
1: Latin.
0: Uh,
1: yeah, <laughs> he just he just keeps, You know, I uh, actually think he the chose hole.
0: the name Paulus because uh, he loved the illustration with Apollo. Yeah, I think that's
1: uh, mm, primarily Apollo. why he chose yeah. the
0: uh, the name um, Paulus. Uh, but it's for damn sure he didn't want to be Shaul anymore because there's no correlation <laughs> between Shaul and Paulus. And there's no correlation mm-hmm. between uh, having uh, a, a Hebrew heritage and uh, becoming the Roman polos. So uh, yeah, he uh, he very quickly switched sides. He was speaking to Greeks on behalf of Rome.
2: Yeah. Yikes. Well, the the uh, to conclude, you know, the five things that you started out with, the answer. It is the answer. Always you know, is, is the answer. Always with this Torah, but in particular, told that that happening at this particular point in time, to me, uh, all this coming together at the same point in time. I know that put a lot of work on you having to re- retranslate those, but it is it is so poignant right now, uh, it because yes. we are having it, we we are about to yeah. go up
0: to Dead gum World. I, yeah. I, I and, and I will uh, tell you, Kirk, perfect... and I, I mentioned this before the yeah. show began, because uh, I finished mm-hmm. um, sometime last week uh, retranslating and rewriting about the 89th Mismore. Uh, it is evident when you uh, deal with the 89th Mismore that you're you're dealing with the most profoundly important piece of literature ever written and that mm-hmm. uh, it is literally the cornerstone upon which uh, Yahweh's uh, home on Mount Moriah was built. Uh, it was delivered in year 3,000 yachts, the centerpiece of human history, uh, out of the garden and back to the garden, literally, and the exact center to the year is when this was written. It's, it's the uh, greatest bit of oratory uh, ever declared uh, uh, to man through uh, by God. And in... Right. Translating and reading it, it is a cathartic experience because I don't think there's anyone in, well, since 3,000 years ago, uh, with the uh, exception perhaps of, uh, of Yermaya and Yasha Yah. Uh, Hosha had a pretty good idea as well, and so did Zacharyah. Uh But those four men excluded. There is no Mm -hmm. one who has gone as far as we had in recognizing the accolades and achievements of Dode. We clearly um, recognize that he is the Son of God, recognize that Dode is the Messiah, and we recognize that Dode is the King of Kings and that he is the one who is returning. And that he is the chosen one, and that he is God's firstborn, uh, and he is God's most beloved. That he was the exemplar, not only of Yisrael, but of the very uh, covenant that God so cherishes. That there was no one that Yahweh loved more than Dode. You -hmm. know, we were, particularly I was accused of having a bromance with uh, Dode because... So did uh, When I started writing uh, the uh, observations and coming home, it became obvious mm-hmm. just how important Dode was. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was the yeah. exemplar. And yet, by not recognizing that Dode was also the fulfillment of the Moed, that he was the Passover lamb, that he, his soul took our guilt into Sheol to perfect us on Matzah, that the firstborn became the firstborn on Bukurim, that he is the bright, shining example of what Shabu is all about, where you're enriched, you're empowered, mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. liberated, enlightened. And that the message of Teruah is to declare and to herald the return of Dot with Yahweh on Kippurim. And it is Dode that's not only returning with Yahweh on Kippurim; he's going to immediately anoint the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant, consistent with the Torah instructions to make God's people uh, renewed and restored in the covenant relationship. And then he will be our leader, our king, our messiah, our shepherd throughout all eternity, beginning on Sukkah. Dode is the living embodiment of each of the seven Moed Mikra. And so the reality is that he is our savior. Mm-hmm. Yahweh well, delivered Dode to save us. And so I as, really as, as extreme first. as we were in our appreciation and our accolades and our acknowledgement of Dode, more so than anyone in 3,000 years, yeah. we didn't even share the half of it. And that's the reason why we're going back and rewriting uh, each of the 30 books that sit on that shelf to make certain that they correctly pro- uh, project everything that mm-hmm. Dode represents to his people. Uh, there was no Jesus Christ. There was no Yosha. Uh, there was no uh, disciples. There there is no New Testament in terms of something that pertains even remotely to God. Right. Yep. It's the greatest miscalculation in the history of the Jewish people. Yep. And the uh the greatest blunder in the history of of Gentiles. I'm sorry, I stepped on yeah. something you wanted to say, D.
2: No, no, I was, I was just gonna you know, the... Go ahead, I'm sorry, D. Yeah
1: D oh, no, the, the other one. I... There.
3: <laughs> I really did struggle at first because Yahshua says that there we have no savior other than Yahweh, and I was really thinking like, is it appropriate to you know to accept that Dode is my savior as a standalone statement? And it was studying yeah. this more that helped me to understand um, fully. I really only today and yesterday we're preparing for this podcast that it is okay to acknowledge and it's appropriate and it that is what he did. Yahweh saved him and in him yeah. saving him. Yahweh is right. our savior, but Dod was also responsible
0: in saving yeah. us. And it, yeah. it's, it's really and, and beautiful. And it's Be careful with the word uh, Yasha. The primary yeah. meaning of Yasha is not to save. The primary meaning of the purpose Please. of the covenant isn't to save. The primary purpose <sighs> of the Moed Mikra isn't to save. It is to liberate. It's to deliver. And mm-hmm. so Dod was delivered. By Yahweh to save us. Uh, Pretty cool. <laughs> there's so many places where it becomes obvious that that Dode figured it out. He recognized yeah. that the that as the declared son of God, that there was something he could do that no one else could do. There was something that if he did, it would fundamentally change everything. If there's something that he did that would make Yahweh enormously satisfied. You know, rather than take something away from Yahweh to announce that Dode is our Savior, what you're doing is making a father proud. Yeah, yeah, Yahweh was the, the most satisfying moment of Yahweh's long existence was his son achieving this with him. Right. Now, Dod without Yahweh was nothing. Yahweh without dote is still God, but he's lonely.
3: Yeah.
0: They are it's a good way to look son. at it. They did all of this together, and it is Yahweh's nature to work through someone. His favorite someone was his son, Dote. And they did all of this together. And Yahweh is happiest when we recognize and acknowledge what his son has accomplished. A son sure wants to, to acknowledge what, what his father did, you know. Uh, Dod's <laughs> still in Sheol if, if for the Ruach Kodesh doesn't rescue him.
1: Right. Mm-hmm.
0: But it is not a slight on Yahweh to say that Dode is our savior. Right. Yahweh delivered him for that purpose. Dode came up with this plan, and he articulated it to Yahweh, and Yahweh agreed. He not only agreed, he wanted to do what Dode wanted. He recognized that if his son endures the torment of Pesach and the hellish experience of Matzah, it is two days for all eternity. He endures these two days, and he earns the unmitigated respect of all of us who are part of the Covenant family forevermore. And the admiration of his father. It was the most brilliant decision he ever made. Yeah. And and then he articulated, he told you everything you need to know about it. And and as he was explaining why he wanted to do this and he constantly writes it in the cohortative and in the imperfect. I'm not in the imperfect, but in the uh, um, imperative. I try and just, uh, yeah, imperative. The imperative is
2: imperative, yeah. is
0: the second person uh, volition. The mm-hmm. first person volition. And so, something that is written in God's voice, second uh, 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 person masculine singular, in uh, the uh, imperative means that Yahweh has chosen. Yahweh has decided. Yahweh wants. But when it's impregnated also with the cohortative and written by, uh, by Dode of Yahweh, it means that Yahweh and I are in full accord. I want, and he agreed. Uh, I uh, proposed, and he decided. And it's all written that way. It's, it's magnificent what they decided to do together. Yeah, so as you study it, you don't find that we're depriving Yahweh of anything to acknowledge what his son has done. As a matter of fact, there's no more enriching experience for Yahweh than being able to share this with his son.
2: He must be just as excited that uh, it's being announced now.
0: It's waited yeah. a long time for somebody Imagine. to talk about this. Yeah, And recognize
2: mm-hmm. be that
0: if Yahweh chose an 80-year-old shepherd to reveal his Torah and to liberate his people from Mitzrayim and that he was going to walk with him and inspire him and guide him and support him over 40 years hurting disgruntled Jews through the wilderness that you can be assured that God's going to pick the person he thinks is the best qualified to do the job, and he's going to work with that person all the way through the process. Mm -hmm. He doesn't change horses midstream and say, maybe there's somebody better to do this. He picks his guy, and he sticks with him. There's seven Moad Mikre. He picked his guy. He sticks with him the whole way through. Yahweh doesn't do any of the big stuff alone, ever. Yeah. The whole purpose of creation was to work with us, to work through us, to form a family, to engage with people that he enjoys their company, and no one did he enjoy more than Dode. And I think you know it's therefore valuable for us. To consider the attributes of Dode that cause him to be such an ideal partner for Yahweh. Oh, sure. Yeah, he's brilliant. Mm-hmm. He's a, a rational thinker. He is motivated both cerebrally and also emotionally. Yes. When when his uh, when the lead is his his conscious thinking and his emotions follow he's always in a good place when he, he leaves with his emotions and doesn't think it through he's almost he's... always in a bad place yeah, yeah. he was wrong about men I can much relate. of the time <laughs> he was never wrong about God he was yeah, extremely pretty... articulate very courageous extraordinarily capable Always willing to engage. And man knew how to love. He had a big heart. Yeah. All right. Next statement. They will continually remember, and then they will return to Yahweh. Everyone to the extremities of the land and earth, and they will settle down and camp out while making this announcement on their own approaching your appearance, all people and ethnicities. Well that's a that's a happy note. How yeah, is that that they will all continually remember Zakar. They will proclaim, they're gonna be mindful of, they're gonna recall, and then they will return Washub to Yahweh. Well that mm-hmm. is certainly encouraging mm-hmm. for us. Because at this point, we are the most vocal, the most voluminous presentation of of a message to call Yahweh's people home. There is nothing anywhere close to the 30 books that sit on the shelf at yadaya.com in terms of encouraging Israel and Yahudem to return home to Yahweh. To Shub, to El Yahweh, everyone to the extremities of the earth. This is wonderful news, and they okay. will settle down and camp out while making this announcement on their own initiative. Uh, chawa, chawa is such a rich uh, term. Uh, chawa, uh, first of all, just just verb, verb, verb here. Zakar means to remember. It's a cerebral term. Remember. Mm-hmm. To remind, to remember, to recall, to be mindful of. Literally, Mind is in the word. Zakar. It also speaks of a uh, of a uh, of a young man. And then they will return. Washub. Washub Shub is one of the most common verbs in Hebrew. Uh the primary mm-hmm. meaning of uh, of Shub is to return. The secondary meaning of Shub is to return the Tertiary meaning <laughs> is to return, it means to reestablish relationships, to be renewed, to Pretty renew and restore that one, aren't we? a uh, yeah. relationship. Noob is not one of those that's hard to, uh, to translate either because it, it means they're going to return to Yahweh. Uh, yod heh wah exceedingly easy to pronounce, uh, just look at the way that Torah is written, look at the way Haya is written, look at the way Shalom is written and you will have everything mm-hmm. you need to pronounce Yahweh's name correctly. And it says, everyone to the extremities of the land and earth, called F. S. Eretz. And they will settle down and camp out while making this announcement on their own initiative, Chawa. Now, Chawa is the word that the religious love to, make to corrupt to worship.
2: Yeah. Butchers.
0: Butchers. But you just can't get there. Yeah. What's the first time that chawa is used in the Torah?
3: Well, for Adam's
0: is wife. Is it a verb that means yeah, or back, is yeah. it a name? Yeah, it's a name. It's a name. Yeah. The Adam's woman, by the way, there is no actual word in Hebrew for wife, husband, or wife. Marriage. That's, true. That's yeah. true. No word in Hebrew for wife. Uh, husband or marriage. Isha. The word that is uh, that is uh, uh, twisted to be husband is uh, is strictly means individual. The if masculine individual, the one ish, uh, and isha is feminine individual. That's the one, and it means female individual. Uh, and uh, uh, there is just no word for for marriage. This whole concept is uh, extraneous to God. It, it's God wants us to come together and build a family and raise children and do so, uh, modeling the covenant values. Uh, but uh, uh, Chawa was not Adam's wife. He was, she was
1: uh,
0: uh, Adam's woman. Uh, Adam was Chawa's man. Uh, her name is the first use of, of this word. and It's interesting. That what got her into trouble was shooting off her mouth. Sure. She most certainly yeah. didn't bow down <laughs> and worship. No, she was <laughs> all bent out of shape about the uh, uh, yeah, uh, Adam's affinity for Yahweh, the time they spent together, uh, and yep. uh, and so she spouted out her uh, and and shut off her mouth, and she told Hasatan when he slithered into the garden that uh, she wanted to be like God. I can deal with that, man. Hey, you and I got that in common. So I can play that game. Good for you, girl. We're going to really fix you up here then. Have I got a deal for you? We're, uh, so Chawa, her name means that she's going to uh, make an announcement. Well, on her own initiative, she's going to convey exactly what she thinks. Yeah, the, the word is uh, not difficult to translate, particularly if you do uh, a little bit of research uh, on it by studying how it's used throughout the Torah. So they will settle down and camp out while uh, making this announcement of their own initiative, Chawa. Approaching your appearance, La, to means to approach, mm, to come mm, near. Mm, pane mm. means uh, appearance, presence, face, and Atah is your. All people and ethnicities, called uh, Mishpaka uh, Goyim. So uh, mm-hmm. even the uh, us Gentiles are, uh, yeah, are given a, a nod, and we can mm-hmm. be part of God's family. So we began this 22nd Mismore, Azab, separated from Yahweh and near death, and now we find ourselves camping out with father and son forevermore. We have moved through Pesach, Matz and enabling Shabuwa and Teruah to facilitate Kaporam such that we are celebrating Sukkah. In this way, Chawa is a full-service verb. It addresses everything from settling down and camping out making our choice to live with Yahweh known it is reassuring that God's campers are gathered prior to his appearance and that means that our mission which is to ensure that father and son are pleased with the reception they receive is going to prevail it is also affirming that our experience that every member of the covenant uh, will be there, including Goyim. We're all going to be there to welcome father and son home. Now, for most of those listening to this program that are part of the covenant, means that we're going to come back from having a few years and in, uh, in Shamaim exploring the universe to witness this, this grand reunion. So we're going to be there. But beware. No one is remembering or acknowledging he whose name is never spoken. Yosha, Jesus. He accomplish any of this. He isn't coming back. Fact is, Jesus Christ is a figment of religious imaginations. He is a lousy counterfeit for doubt.
2: Very, very lousy.
0: The reason that uh, this and every other prophecy regarding the fulfillment of the Mikra does not mention Yosha is that this name is irrelevant apart from what it represents. Yahweh delivers. Yahweh keeps from harm. Yahweh liberates. Yahweh provides freedom. Curious as to the set of circumstances, at least I was, uh, whereby everyone on earth would be making this announcement before Yahweh. The answer to that is actually provided in the text. Those who are included in this group, as everyone, but everyone in this group, Zakar, are mindful Mm -hmm. of Yahweh. Each Mm -hmm. one in this group, Shub, has changed their thinking and has returned to Yahweh. They have mm-hmm. arrived in advance of God's return to Chawa, make this announcement on their own initiative, ready to camp out because they know who and what is coming. Also, Mishpaka is a compound of my to question, and Shafa to have scraped by when others were blown away by the wind. At the very end, there are going to be some that just scraped by. They were not blown away by the wind. It reveals that these are among the few of many who are now part of the covenant family. Ms. Mora Psalm 22, 28 reads, Because indeed, on behalf of Yahweh, the king reigns providing leadership by painting pictures with words with people from different races and places. That's exactly as I would have expected it uh, until the end. So this is again this Mismore. We began in the most anguishing situation imaginable. Uh, Dode is being tortured by the Romans and describes crucifixion and his suffering uh, as the victim of crucifixion, and then goes on to describe what it was like for him to go into Sheol. Uh, And then the joy of being released and uh, unified with the Ruach Kodesh and taken back to his father in heaven, where father and son are celebrating uh, what occurred. Uh, And... uh, After all of that has occurred, and now we're 2,000 years thereafter, and father and son are returning again, this time on uh, Kaporim, the day of reconciliations, to usher in Sukkah, camping out, Uh, we are told that because indeed, on Yahweh's behalf, the king reigns. Yahweh does not like to work independently. He picks someone that he wants to work with and he sees it through. Dode mm-hmm. is the one he picked to facilitate the Mikra. Now that's kind of a, a, a slightly misleading statement because while Yahweh certainly chose Dode, I think it was on Dode's initiative that Dode okay. went to Yahweh, his father, and say, uh, you know, Dad, this is what makes the most sense. This is good for you. This is good for me. Uh, let me serve in this manner. And uh, Yahweh, who I'm quite certain, recognized that Dode would come up with this idea, but he wanted it to be his son's uh, idea, said, I concur mm-hmm. with your thinking, son. This is uh, This is brilliant, and it will work wonderfully for you and for me and for... All of the people of Israel and for the covenant family. Uh, so Yahweh, having seen it through all the way to Dode coming back to lead the process of reconciliation, and then <clears throat> being the leader of Sukkah, it's the continuation. Uh, Yahweh is continuing <coughs> to work through his preferred individual. That doesn't mean that we will be precluded from spending personal time with Yahweh. It just means that in the day-to-day administration of, we've got this enlarged family and this huge universe, and really we do need some guidance and some instruction and and a little family cohesiveness here. Well, Dota's is the guy that's going to be providing it. And you don't want every time that... (laughs) You know, you do something dumb, and we'll do things that are dumb and, uh, in eternity, even with God's instructions written inside of us as he places his Torah inside of us. You know, there's a lot out there. And, and so you don't want every time to be embarrassed and have Yahweh himself say, hey, you know, that was the smartest thing you ever did. It's going to be a <laughs> whole lot easier no. to have it filtered through uh, Dode. It's not going to be quite as intimidating for us. And so this is the way that Yahweh likes to work. So the king is going to reign. Dode is the king. So you have an affirmation that Dode, who wrote this, is uh, is going to reign. Uh, now, the way he is going to reign is very often depicted with uh, uh, Mashal. Mashal is the Hebrew word that is used to describe uh, the proverbs. The proverbs are mashal. They are word pictures. Mashal uh, is has a primary and a secondary connotation that are are not necessarily related until you think it uh, through. Primary meaning of mashal is to convey a message vividly in a memorable way uh, so that you paint pictures with words. As an artist, you would appreciate that, uh, Kirk. Mm-hmm, so the shawl is to I paint know. pictures with words, to, to communicate in a way that is easy to understand and then apply uh, because metaphors and symbols have been used or a story has been told in terms of a of a parable or, or a, of a proverb. The second meaning of Mashal, of Mashal is to lead, uh, to govern, to, uh, to a guide. And so Dode is going to be guiding and governing with vivid declarations, with words that, are, that paint pictures. He is the ultimate wordsmith, and that's the way he's going to lead into the future marvelous. Uh, His his primary tool that he's going to deploy as king are words beautifully spoken. And then it says with Goyim. Bah means with. Goyim means those who are not Israelites. Now, when I first read this, I said, "Ah, drat!" And the reason I said, "Ah, drat," is that I've had this—I had this notion that one of the advantages of being a Goyim that's part of the covenant is during the Millennial celebration <laughs> of Sukkot and the, the Shabbat golf, that work. Yeah. we yeah. get to hightail it out of there and have no responsibilities. We get to go explore the universe while <laughs> Yahweh returns to Yehudim to administer uh, everything and, you know, real, uh, you work, we're over here. That is not what it says. So there is a dark, The job you're, you're translating, of, of administrating you know. <laughs> probably even judging the, the crappy people that have come along this way. Uh, uh, the, the, Dode uh, is going to be like his dad, right? Yawa uh-huh. works through people. We call it delegation. Uh, Dode's going to do the same thing, and it appears here that he's going to delegate to Goyim, and the Goyim he's going to delegate through will all have to be covenant members. Interesting. So we may not get the uh, the early vacation (laughs) that we originally had wanted, but you know who in the right mind is going to turn down working for and alongside and with Dode. Oh here. yeah, yeah. Okay, it's good so work. it's going to be good, but it is best uh, it is,
3: package I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, it's and it's you know ball, going to yeah it's going to be yep. brilliant. Yeah, it's gonna it's just going to be brilliant. So, as we talked about this, the opening lines of the song were focused on Dovid's fulfillment of Pesach. Uh, as we near its conclusion, we are celebrating Sukkot. What a wonderful transition. But more than this, Yahweh has answered a question that until this moment was difficult to understand. Why would anyone living in Yahweh's presence need a king? The answer is twofold. It's found both in Malak and in Mashal. Dode leads through effective communication and he governs through wise discourse. He's ever ready to paint pictures with words by providing wise counsel, good advice. No one has been as gifted in this regard as the author of these very lyrics. You know, I've, I work really, really hard at um, trying to Convey mm-hmm. yahweh 's intent with his testimony as clearly uh, as profoundly as accurately, but also as vividly as possible and I think right. i've gone from a serviceable writer uh, to a pretty good writer, a fairly good communicator of of these things and mm-hmm. and um, imagine learning from someone like dote imagine being schooled in uh rhetoric by this brilliant man this articulate man now uh kirk i think you and i had this in common uh back mm-hmm. in uh and my uh, uh youth when i was uh, still in school uh the hobby that I had was to compete in, uh, uh, speech, uh, uh contests. Um, yes. I competed in debate and impromptu and, yes. ext- and extemporaneous, uh, speech. Um, uh, mm-hmm. I particularly liked extemporaneous. That was my favorite. Um, uh, but impromptu was, uh, was, uh, won uh, state, uh, uh, speech, co- uh, contest, both an impromptu and, uh, uh, and in mm-hmm. uh, extemporaneous speech, and uh, also in debate, um, I love those things. I love the discipline of debate and I, I wish that we understood the term today. I wish people understood rational fallacies uh, today and and how you lose a debate by taking the approach that the religious use to counter uh, what we have to say which um, mm-hmm. We are um, uh, effective infants compared to Dode. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> so this will be a really a, a, a marvelous experience. But that's one of the reasons that Dode's around is that um, he is so we the uh, yeah he is the ultimate wordsmith. Mm-hmm. Yahweh loves to make things happen with words, and no one wields them better than Dote. Um, and it's interesting so because guess who is not there. mentioned yeah. here, which I think is the most exemplary man who ever lived. I think he was also brilliant. Mm-hmm. I think he was also extremely articulate. Moshe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and all I can figure is that that uh, after the Jews through the wilderness and <laughs> they're no. being so disagreeable,
2: I'm going for fishing
0: for <laughs> decades. Then, yeah, I said, okay, 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 you have done okay, enough. Okay, Here's your gold watch, your magic carpet. Uh, I am going to retire you. You really have done more than I asked. You deserve a vacation today. Uh, and so I think that's the issue with uh, Moshe. Um, with Dode, he's going to ride that horse uh, right to the bitter end. So, uh, uh uh, Dode is the man. Now, the second reason is it's just that Yahweh's preference is to work together uh, with his sons and daughters, uh, just as he has and will continue to do throughout the Moed Mikre, throughout the covenant. And he found the ideal man to guide us through eternity. Um, Clearly, he has earned our respect. And That's why he reigns as king on behalf of Yahweh. Rather than return to the Shaphat's judges and the covenant family, the firstborn, the most beloved son, will provide proverbs and parables. We're not going to need judges to make decisions regarding the Torah because we're all going to have the Torah written in us. We're going to have a perfect copy and a perfect understanding of it. And so we don't need judges, but it's nice to have a leader.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, one more thought before we uh, we move on the the conclusion of the last statement says, and this is the part that was alarming to me, that Goyim, non-Israelites, will be providing leadership and counsel along with Dove, and this means that there are Gentiles that the King will find useful, <laughs> or at least entertaining. Who knows? Uh, yeah. Therefore. <laughs> Dode will be uh, assembling a racially diverse team to work with him. Smart managers delegate. And there is none wiser than God's son. You know, I, I once I had a, a business that had many thousand employees. And one of the things that was the greatest joy of that business is is you know, I had written this business plan, it was very inspiring, I brought new people in. I, I tried to inspire them so they would they would that everybody would independently make decisions based upon the the value statement of the company and what we, we sought to represent. And when you got to witness somebody that you had brought into the team and then many people that you'd brought into the team uh acting on that value statement and and being committed to the, the values that drove that company, it was a really satisfying experience. And I think this is exactly Yahweh's view through Dode and his experience through his son, and it's going to be his son's experience uh, working with uh, some of us. We're, we are going to act in a way that uh, he finds pleasing. I'm going to share this next statement, and, And that'll be it for our program uh, uh, tonight. This is uh, uh, at least the first part of Ms. Song, Psalm 2229. Uh, If you're reading along in the JPS, the JPS has it as 2230 because uh, of how they deal with um, the introduction of the psalm, where they number it as opposed to... Hmm. Yeah, the mm-hmm. uh, the others don't count it. So it's it's twenty two twenty nine or twenty two thirty, depending on which text you're uh, you're reading. And I, I one thing I, before I read this text is that I have um, just finished translating the first uh, nine Mismore for the um, uh, for the ed- newly edited version, rewritten version of Coming Home one. Uh, will have it ready i will have finished at least the contents of it sometime uh, tomorrow and the uh the edit team will in uh, fact checkers will go through it and it will probably be ready to reprint and uh and put on the shelf uh in a matter of a week's time uh and what i what I have learned because i've also uh translated uh um, Mismore 20 through 31 as we were going into uh, Coming Home 3, which I was writing before we went uh, back to the rewrites. What you find is that these first 30 Mismore all are on the same subject. Mm-hmm. They're all about Dode volunteering to serve in this way. And him, uh, he, father and son, doing this knowingly and willingly, and yet having his people reject him and deny it. Hmm. Uh, and so the theme is consistent. It is, it is the exact same theme all the way uh, through. So by being Mismore 22, it is part of this ongoing presentation of uh, of father and son deciding what is best for us and then acting on that plan and then dealing with the fact that most Israelites for thousands of years would deny it and then ultimately in the end uh, that a Goy is going to change their uh, mind, is going to reacquaint them with what father and son have done and they're going to respond favorably and it's going to be a wonderful Reunion in the end. So this reads, all of the anointed, the shone, the chosen harvest, the accepted and satisfied, the empowered and content, the prosperous and enriched. This means that all of the covenant's no. children will be anointed mm-hmm. of the land and earth who approach his presence shall be nourished. And they will settle down living in shelters while independently making their position known, Wa Chaya. This is yet another affirmation. We should be following Dode's example. He's showing us the way home. Just as he was anointed three times, symbolic of his three lives here on earth. Yahweh will we'll be anointing every member of the covenant family. How did Yahweh anoint Dod the first time? Yes, he had Samuel Wait. apply the uh, the anointing oil, but oil. he said, mm-hmm. I'm immersing him with my spirit. Yeah. So as a result, we will all be Dashan. Dashan is the word for anointing that appears in the 23rd Mismore. Uh, the uh, Yahweh is my shepherd is more. Among the chosen harvest, the accepted, the satisfied, the richly empowered and totally content. So over these last few stanzas of this glorious song, Yahweh has stated that his provision satisfies, that those who rely upon his bread will be nourished; that they will all be healthy and prosperous, lacking nothing. He has also said that those who change their thinking and attitude towards him will be restored. The children of the covenant are now Chaya, living in Sukkah shelters, camping out with their Heavenly Father during the Millennium Celebration of the Shabbat. The Mikra of Sukkah, the invitation to be called out and meet with God, is a time of wonderful Chawa pronouncements as we proclaim what it means to us individually to have been afforded this marvelous opportunity. These insights are provided by Chawa, which most English Bibles wrongly render bowing down, prostrating oneself in worship, the last thing we're going to be doing before our brother and father. Even outside of the context of Yahweh's return and living in his presence, there is very little etymological support for that rendering. At best, it is listed fifth among four considerably more valid definitions in most Hebrew dictionaries. And in some lexicons, they don't even include bowing down and and worshiping, even among Chawa's remote definitions and connotations. The primary meaning of Chawa is to tell, to explain, to announce, to convey something publicly, to verbally communicate an important statement using words, to inform, making a declaration. These are all things that Yahweh wants us to do, that Dod is encouraging us to do, that Doe did with great regularity. The secondary definition for Chawa speaks of settling down, And living in shelters while making uh, provisions uh, known as we celebrate tabernacles. This is the context of a Chawa being a settlement, a place people camp out. It is an encampment where they tabernacle together. A marvelous word picture here. Mm -hmm. This idea of living collectively and camping out together is reinforced by Chawa, which is the name God gave to Adam's uh, woman. It reveals that she spoke her mind, (laughs) both to Adam uh, as well as, well, uh, when she should have. Uh, It reveals that um, uh, her proclamations, got herself, and Adam, felt from Eden, coming full circle. It is ours which will allow us back in. Now that is not to say that people won't bow down before God, because many will. It's just that it won't be the covenant family. And that realization brings us to the second half of the 30th statement, uh, which I'll go ahead and finish The uh, um, this uh I think it's important to get some closure. But for earth to become like Eden, it's going to have to be cleansed. And as part of that process, we read, those who are habitually kneeling down, prostrating themselves, have made life miserable. And they will descend, going down into the dust of the earth, even the soul itself. He will not be allowed to live. So if you are Kara with a K habitually kneeling down prostrating yourself from God's perspective you're making life miserable. All of those people are going to go down to the dust of the earth afar which means they're going to be so insignificant that their soul will cease to exist. They will Lo Chaya, not be allowed to live. And that must be so. You know, there was no religion, no politics, no grumblers, no liars. Um, None of that existed in Eden. And Yahweh is taking us back and allowing us to return to the conditions experienced in the garden. It's just that this garden is a wee bit bigger than the last one. It's uh, 90 uh, what is it four uh,
1: billion <laughs> light, years. light years
0: across. <laughs> it's a really big garden that we're being uh, given, uh, and there are no walls on uh, on this one, uh, but it is the Ghani Dun, the garden of great joy, and we're being brought back into it and then liberated in it. Uh, and when we do so, we should expect the same conditions. No religion, no politics, no conspiracies, no grumblers, uh, oh, yeah. no irrational people, no uh, no even slow thinkers. It's it's going to be a, a <laughs> fascinating, sure? <laughs> exciting, <I need> help. <laughs> rational um, uh, exploration. The best we are, now, the best of us. Now, one of the things yeah. too, and it's going to be very conversational, is that if you notice. When you read what Yahweh was doing with Adam, he was celebrating life. So there's going to be life on other planets throughout this universe, and we're going to explore uh, the various building blocks of life and the various life forms that that exist throughout the uh, the universe. That's Yahweh's favorite uh, part of creation. Uh, but Yahweh was very clear with uh, Adam: we're going to work together. You know, you're just not going to be sitting around all day eating Fruit Loops. Uh, If you are have no responsibility, you are not going to be a very interesting uh, partner or son. You know, it's like the the uh, the child that wants to spend all day playing their video games and uh, and wallowing in a in a bed that they never make. They never uh uh contribute anything to the family. They won't clean their own clothes, won't take out the trash, won't clean won't clean the dish, it won't do anything. It yeah. it really gets old. And yeah. that's mm-hmm. not what Yahweh has in mind. He wants to work together. He likes it when we work together. And uh, it's very clear in uh in the Ghani Dunn that uh Iyawa told Adam we would be be working together and so as we go back that's what we should expect i think that work is one of the great uh values that work uh breeds character it and it um it gives a person a sense of purpose uh, a sense sure. of yeah. achievement yep. yeah it's practicing ethics it's a yeah, wonderful thing work. to work and and mm-hmm. work is its own reward it is so we should be expecting uh, to do that. But So this is Yahweh's summation through his son. Um, and we're very close to the end, and we will conclude this uh, next week. I hope that uh, next week we'll be able to begin our review of the 89th Mismore. That is, uh, this is, uh, is um, some 23 or so uh, statements, and uh, mismore 22 and it took us weeks to get through it the 89th is mm-hmm. 52 i believe statements and some of them are are uh goosebump profound so it'll take us uh, a little uh a little longer um uh we got you know, time. Is, yeah we got plenty of time
2: oh it's all uh, good
0: so good uh, so we will begin the 89th mismore i think it is the uh um, the cornerstone of the house. I think it's the greatest piece of literature ever written, uh, most profoundly relevant and important to our lives, particularly uh, at this moment. Um, so I leave you with that as a, uh, hopefully a little bit of a tease to uh, join us next week and for the uh, the months to come. Uh, you will not be disappointed in, in what uh, <laughs> Yahweh has to say by this uh, uh, marvelous Ms. Moore. And my hope is too that within a week's time or a little bit longer than that. Uh, the edit team will be able to uh, polish it uh, and we'll uh, put it together as a book and that uh, David will be able to bring it uh, um, uh, coming home one onto the shelf so that those who like to read along will have the ability to do so. This show which we present verbally and some of what we present uh, is extemporaneous, some is impromptu. Uh, but some is literally read from the text because a lot of thought went into that text. Um, yeah. yeah. And I can tell you that it is as a learning tool. It is better if you're reading along, or if you listen and then go read, or if you read and then listen. Uh, it reinforces it and uh, and helps uh, us all uh, internalize what we're hearing. Uh, um, accept what we're reading and the written word gives you so much more opportunity because you can fact mm-hmm. check it uh, you can do mm-hmm. as Kirk has done to to verify uh, the accuracy of these translations to compare them to the religious translations and renderings and, sure. uh, and to uh, appreciate the difference between the two um, so the written word gives you so much more, and it also allows you to move ahead at your pace, so that you can yep. process it as fast as you can read it, or go back and and study it, and um, and prioritize certain things, and check certain things, and find connections that uh, that you would never be able to do when it's just a uh, an oral declaration. It's the reason why I don't mm-hmm. ever listen to uh, to videos. I think that it is. Become the cheap way to communicate. Uh, people love them, uh, and uh, uh, but uh, the exactly. fact of the matter is, the the written word is Yahweh's preference, and the written word is the uh, is the thinking person's mode of communication. Uh, it is far more cerebral, and more exacting, and so we would encourage you to uh, to read along with us, and to read independently as well. Well, that's the end of our program. We thank you for uh, listening. I think uh, Blog Talk Radio, in a matter of moments, here would cut us off anyway. Uh, we only get yeah, 30 right. minutes beyond the uh, the natural extended uh, portion of the show. So I want to thank you for uh, for listening. Uh, thank you, Kirk, for your your artistic sure. analysis of, uh, of of 22 uh, 26. Uh, and uh, thank Steve you for, for uh, yes for. Uh, reading ahead and being able to contribute what uh, we uh, what we have learned as uh, we have continued to uh, make progress in the rewrites and ex- and, and really expounding upon all we've come to know that father and son represent in our lives. May Yahweh yep. bless. May you come to a better appreciation of uh, of Dode and come to accept the Son of God as our Messiah and shepherd and uh, the sacrificial lamb. May Allah bless. Good night. Good night.
1: Shalom, shalom.
3: Shabbat shalom.
1: Shabbat shalom.